here knocking stuff over. Okay, we have a small stage. Maybe we can expand the stage too. That would be great. Hey, I'm going to hop right to it because we're going to take communion this morning. Um, so thankful for all of you here today. We love you. Thankful that God's presence is in the house. Can you say amen? Are you thankful when God shows up? That's what we're here for. Um, and so I just want to pray real quick. I have a message for you this morning. I feel like I'm, I have an assignment this morning. I never want to be a, a, a speak at something or, or speak where I just share what's on my mind or what, or, or, or what I want to share. I always want to be on assignment. That's, what I, that's who I want to be. And so I, I pray this week, Lord, what would you have me do? And I feel like my assignment this morning is just to remind you of what we're about to do this morning after, after this message. And so, um, and so this is an amazing opportunity we have to gather together as the body of Christ, brothers and sisters, and share in remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. And so, Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your your presence that's in this place today. Lord, we pray that you would be the one speaking through me, God, not my words, but yours. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would touch each heart within the hearing of my voice today. God, I pray that we would leave differently from when we walked in this building today. We thank you for the power that's in the sacrifice of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that it's just as, it's still as accessible today as it was 2,000 years ago. So Lord, we love you today. We thank you. We appreciate you all for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a message today just I want to share with you called, uh, It Will Never Lose Its Power. Could you just say that after me this morning? It Will Never Lose Its Power. Don't you love that song? I think that's one of my favorite songs that our, our, our friend, our good friend, Brother Bill, sings. He, he sings, it reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never, never lose its power. I want to read to you from Luke 22, where Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's about to go to the garden, and they're at the last, uh, and, and, he, and he's speaking, and uh, in Luke 22, he's speaking to his disciples, and it says this in, cha in chapter 22, verse, verses 19 through 20. This is the Last Supper. It says, and he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, <clears throat> which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is what we're doing this morning as we come to the, we call it the table of the Lord, communion. It is doing this in remembrance of the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us. Verse 20 says this, likewise, he also took the cup after supper say, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Interesting, he says, and I just wanna, want you to look at this with this morning. He said, uh, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body, which was given for you. Do it in remembrance of me. And then he says, this is my blood. <clears throat> the cup is the new covenant in my blood. I was just reading these verses this past week, thinking of communion. It just, it just never stood out to me before, that, that phrase, new covenant. We, we know all about what maybe new covenant in scripture, but it just stuck out to me. Oh, wow. New covenant, my blood is the new covenant which is shed for you. And I just wanna remind you of what the new covenant is this morning. But first, to appreciate something that's new, first you have to compare it to something that's old. So it's in order to appreciate a new car, you have to remember 
how bad your old car was, <laughs> how your Christian bumper stickers was, were holding together, amen? And then you get your new car and you can say, man, I appreciate this new one because I remember back in the day, oh, I have to used to jump that thing four times a week and I have to used to uh, uh, do all this stuff, maintenance, and I have a new car and I can appreciate it because I remember what the old one was like. I just want to paint a picture for you this morning. And we take it for granted sometimes how easily we come to access the presence of God, how freely we can come and receive forgiveness. But I want to remind you of what, of what followers of Jehovah had to do before the shed blood which brought the new covenant. I just want to remind you in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve walking in the garden, walking in fellowship with God. Can you imagine? It says there was a time where they would meet together in the cool of the day and Adam and Eve would walk in the presence of of, of God. And all of a sudden, sin entered in the world, and that was broken. God, can't, God, God is holy, and he can't be in the presence of sin. And so God had to remove himself from the presence of man who had fallen. And we go through the Old Testament, and God sends prophets to his people, and God, God puts his hand on Israel, and, and he sends them judges, and, and Moses, and, and, and we come to this point where there's the tabernacle, and, and we begin to see a picture of what God wants to do, the redemptive plan of God, but it's not here yet, because there's this thing that they're, that they're in called the Old Covenant. It's called the law. If you read the first five, book, five books of the Bible, you read the law of Moses, and they begin to have these rules and things that God puts to keep them close to God, and the point of the law wasn't ever for them to fully obey it. How many of you know that without the, the power of God, you can't actually fulfill the law of God? Can you say amen this morning? The old covenant was never actually meant to be perfectly followed. It was to show people that without the power and the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus, oh, there's no way I can come into the presence of a holy God. That's why there was this thing called the veil that was in the tabernacle. And everything outside of the veil was sacrifice. Everything behind the veil was the presence of God. And God had to put that veil because his presence is holy. And man couldn't enter into the, to the presence of God without sacrifice. I just want to read you these verses in Leviticus chapter 17. I always thought, why sacrifice? Growing up in church, you know, you, you hear about, you know, Old Testament, the blood sacrifices. Like, what, what is this about? This is kind of strange, you know? Has anybody ever thought that before? You heard about sacrifices and why God would you, well, you seem so gruesome, so bloody. Let me read, let me read this to you in Leviticus 17, uh, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So life, and we're not going to get, in, I, I, I looked, I studied this this week, some scientific things, but I'm not going to get into it for time's sake, but, but we are alive. Blood does uh, uh, so many things in your body that, that scientists are still discovering all the different things that blood does to keep you alive. It's taking cells to different parts of your body and it's helping repair and it takes oxygen and all these things that your blood is doing. Uh, 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 blood is the life inside of you. And so, and so God says, it says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. There was this picture of sacrifice, this, this picture that God had put in the old covenant of what it took to make atonement. Atonement is a fancy word for restoration. But, uh, but um, let, me, uh, let me read this to you. Blood is fundamental. 
I'll skip that. Hebrews 10, verse one. I wanna talk to you about the old way of doing things. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse one says this. For the law, which is the old covenant, having a shadow of the good things to come. Let me just share with you just for a moment what's going on in Hebrews. The Hebrew people are Jewish people who have started following Jesus, and all of a sudden they begin encountering intense persecution. Their, their houses are being taken from them, they're being uh, arrested, they're being thrown in prison, some of them killed, and they all of a sudden start to wonder, is this really worth it? Is this really, uh, d- does this really matter that much? Can't we just keep on doing what we were doing and we'll, we'll believe in Jesus? And, 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 but, but Paul makes it a point in Hebrews to encourage these Jewish people. He said, look, what you had before was good, but what we have now is so much better. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. It's saying that the old way was never actually the right way. The old way was never the way that was going to be complete. That word perfect doesn't mean, it means complete. Uh, the, the, the way of sacrifice, the way of the old covenant, the way of the law, the way that things used to be before Jesus. Oh, that, that's a picture of what's to come, but it's not actually the thing that we are going to live in because one is going to come to fulfill every picture that ever came through the tabernacle in the Old Testament who would make one sacrifice. I want to read this to you uh, in Hebrews chapter 10 verses 5 through 10. There, this is Jesus quoting Psalm 40. Therefore, when he came into the world, speaking of Jesus, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Isn't that so interesting that sacrifices isn't what God wants. It's a picture. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. You know, God didn't come for sacrifices. He came for you to do God's perfect will in your life. He's got something for you to do here on this earth. He's got a plan for you. His precious blood has cleansed you from every sin. And he's got, and he's got a work for you to do on this earth and I believe through all eternity. And so verse 8 says, previously said, sacrifice and offering burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law, to the old covenant. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the old, he takes away the first, excuse me, that he might establish the second. Verse 10, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The old way was sacrifice continually. Literally, the the tabernacle was a bloody place. There was constant sacrifice, constant bloodshed to make atonement for your sin. But Jesus, who fulfilled everything in the Old Testament, one sacrifice, once for all, now for all time, you can come to the throne of God because the way has been made open. The new way is so much better. Uh, Aren't you so thankful this morning that, that you don't have to make sacrifices each day? You can come right to your father and say, Father, I need your forgiveness. I need you to touch me. I need you to come into my life. I'm struggling with this. I'm feeling this. I need your help. Oh, the new covenant is so much better. The old covenant uh, is incomplete, is a picture. And, and, and I just wanted to paint 
a picture of the old way so we can really appreciate as we come to the table of the Lord today how thankful we can be for the new way God's provided for us. There's two places in scripture in the Old Testament where the new covenant is prophesied about. In Ezekiel 36, verse 26 through 27, says this. I will give, this is Ezekiel prophetically speaking about the sacrifice of Jesus and what he would come to do. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart flesh. Verse 27 says this, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Oh, that's the, that's the way to follow Jesus, isn't it? It's not sacrifice and trying to do better. Oh, it's the spirit of God living inside of you, empowering you to do his will, empowering you to follow Jesus every step along the way. The other one is Jeremiah chapter 31, starting in verse 31. It says this, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband <clears throat> though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. And so he says, Behold, the days are coming where I will make a new covenant, something that's new, something that's different. I want to finish these verses in Hebrews chapter 10 with you. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11, I want to finish this thought with you. Uh, uh, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. In the Old Testament, the same sacrifices repeatedly every day sacrifice, sacrifice, sin. Could you imagine every time you did something wrong, could you imagine having to bring a sacrifice to the church? Wouldn't that be a hassle? I mean, let's just be honest, right? Like, I'd be here all day. I don't know about you, but like, I don't know what, I don't know what anybody did. But, uh, but they would bring sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And the disheartening thing is that Hebrews tells us that they could never actually take away sin. Verse 12 says this, but this man... Oh, this man is Jesus. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. And from that time, what, and, but, sorry, my iPad's messing up this morning. But this time, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 13. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Can you say amen this morning that aren't you glad that we're being sanctified? Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. The sacrifice of Jesus is beginning to take effect in your life and you're changing. And it's not the old way where you, where you, have, to, where you have to come and offer sacrifices every moment and, and, and bring this thing that's just a picture. Jesus has offered one sacrifice for you and you can come to the throne of grace freely and ask for forgiveness whenever you need to, whenever you want to, you have access to him freely. Verse 15, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he has said before, this is my covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. Does this sound familiar? I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, I will write them. And then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. 
Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Oh, aren't you so thankful for the new way? Aren't you so thankful for the new covenant today? Aren't you so thankful that, that he says in my new covenant, man, I will put my, put my laws in their hearts. Oh, it's not, it's not on paper anymore. It's not written in, in a book, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Don't you love when the Holy Spirit convicts you? When you go somewhere, you're about to do something and the Holy Spirit speaks. No, I wouldn't, not, not now, not here, right? You're about to say something. Yeah, the Holy Spirit ever caught you before you said something you shouldn't have said? Oh, no, I, don't say that. <laughs> Aren't you thankful? Thankful for the Holy Spirit that he doesn't, he doesn't have written down on paper anymore what, what he wants you to do. Oh, he puts it, his statutes, his laws in your hearts and in their minds, I'll write them. Oh, isn't that so much better? Isn't that so much more powerful that God is with me? God's inside of me. Instead of I have to go to the temple and read this big scroll and there's nothing wrong with that reading scripture. I think we st obviously still should, but, but God is putting by the Holy Spirit what he, how he would live in my heart, in my life. Their sins and their lawless deeds, I won't remember anymore. Can you say amen for that this morning? You're thankful for that. You're thankful that your sins are gone, that, 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 that your sins have been forgiven completely. Romans 5, I want to finish with just a few more verses before we come to, to take communion this morning. Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. I want to read this to you in the NIV. I, I usually read in the King James version of the New King James, but, but I love how this is how this, is, how this is worded. And I wanna just bring you back, remind you of the title of this message. There, uh, <laughs> the title of this message, it will never lose its power. Let me, read, let me read this verse to you. You see, at just the right time, aren't you so glad that God didn't wait till you were all cleaned up to think it was the right time to come and save us? I'll just wait a little longer and, and then just wait for them to wash up a little bit and, and kind of figure it out, you know. They're kind of rough around the edges, but, but we're going to let them figure out, and then that's the right time. No, it said at just the right time while we were still powerless. That word powerless is as, as ennis. <laughs> it means weak, feeble, and without strength. While we were still powerless, while we were un unable to access God, to come to God, it says Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for you when you were powerless, when you had no power within you. Um, I want to read to you the, the three things that I believe that the Holy Spirit showed me to share with you that three things that you were given power to access because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of the new covenant. You, have, you are no longer powerless. Aren't you thankful that, for that this morning? You're no longer powerless against the attacks of the enemy. You're no longer powerless to come to God. You're no longer powerless to do what he's called you to do, but you have power through the, through the blood of Jesus. The first one is salvation. John chapter one, verses 10 through 12 say, say this. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So through the new covenant, through Jesus' sacrifice, you have power today. The blood will never lose its power. You have power for salvation. That word power uh, is exousia. It means the power of choice, right, 
the liberty of doing as one pleases. You know, God has opened the way for you to access him. He said, you have the right, you have the power, you have the opportunity, you have the liberty to choose to become a son, to become a daughter of God. That wasn't in the old covenant. God chose the nation of Israel. Now he has opened up to whosoever will may come. Oh, if you believe in my name, if you, if you, if you ask for forgiveness for your sins, you have power, you have the right to become a son, a daughter, of God. You have power to receive salvation. Oh, aren't you thankful for two is you have power over the enemy. Were you ever at a point in your life where you are powerless against, against the enemy in your life? Maybe there's a temptation, an addiction, something that was coming against you that you could not break free from. I want to encourage you today. The enemy no longer has power, has authority over your life. You have power over the enemy. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I just want you to praise him this morning that nothing can come against you that God has not allowed. Everything that is coming against you in your life, God has allowed it and it says that you can take authority because he's given it to you over the, all the power of the enemy. The last one is power for ministry. You have power to let God change you, and, and you have power now to let God change others through you. Mark 6, verse 7 says this, and he called the 12 to himself, and he began to send them out two by two, and he gave them power over unclean Spirit. So no longer was God's power just resident in the disciples and the people who were following Jesus. He also gave them power to minister to the people around them. Can you say amen that, that aren't you thankful you have the opportunity wherever you are, you have a ministry at work, in your family, uh, with your friends, even at the grocery store, even in, when you're in Belk buying clothes for your wife. I don't know where you're at week to week, but when, wherever you are, you have a ministry because you have the power of God with you. You have power to choose salvation. You have power over sin. You have power to love this world, this broken, dying world. I'm gonna read you three more verses and then I'm gonna pray for us this morning. But I, I hope I, in the short time, painted a picture for you of, oh, how much better the sacrifice of Jesus has made each of our lives. We can come freely. We can have access I want to read you my favorite verses in all of scripture. This is it. Colossians 2, verses 12 through 15. We were buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you've been forgiven today. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. That was the law. That was the old way of doing things. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Oh, I just see Jesus. <laughs> I just see him at the cross and, and he's, he's, he's got the old covenant. And it was a picture and it was good and, and it was what was needed, but but I can see him hanging on the cross and, and that old way just nailed with him because there's a new way, there's a new access, there's a freedom that's coming to us. There's a, there's a, there's a way that we can access him that we never have before and, 
And I just want you to just realize how blessed we are to live in this time where we can, we can have access to his power. There's power in his sacrifice. Last verse, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Lord, we just thank you today for your sacrifice. God, I thank you that there is power in the blood. I thank you that, God, the blood will never lose Amen. its power. God, your, your sacrifice will never lose its power. I thank you today, God, that it's just as powerful in 2018 than it was at the very day that you sacrificed your life for ours. And so, Lord, we honor you today. We say thank you. We appreciate what you've done. Lord, we remember what's old in order to say thank you for what's new. So, Lord, we just do this like you told us in Scripture. God, do this in remembrance of you. God, that's why we're coming to your table today, to remember your body that was broken, to remember your blood that was shed, God, for the sin of mankind. And, Lord, we don't want to take it for granted. Lord, we don't want to take for granted the access, the forgiveness, the power, the salvation, the 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 the, uh, the strength that you've given us. And Lord, I pray that you would always help us to remember and to be thankful and to give thanks for what you've done. And we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.